0: Well, I'll tell you, I have really enjoyed this summer. Um, we had our, started out in June with our summer faith series where we just really taught some basics on faith. And then this month, we gave you the opportunity through the month of June to sign up and, and, and write down some things that you would like preached. So our series, this all through July, on Sundays and Wednesdays both, are you ask for it. Are you asked for it serious so if you don 't ask for it, then you not you, you won 't get it preached but you 've asked for some things and and i 've just enjoyed taking several topics and 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 meshing them and bringing them together and and bringing a word around several different topics that kind of relate to each other and What I've realized is I've put these together. Some of these messages I've never actually preached this way, but I've realized that they actually go together. And so um, today there, there uh, there were cards filled out concerning understanding the blood of Jesus. And there were cards filled out in regards to overcoming sin in your life. And as I was... Praying over the different cards, I thought, there's no greater way to overcome sin in your life than through the blood of Jesus. Amen? And the Bible's very clear about it. So today, we're going to look at some things that I I feel like are vital to our success. We've been talking this year a lot about the name of Jesus. We've been talking about what Jesus has accomplished in our lives. And before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for us, not not at the foundation. The plan for your life and your destiny was not established at the foundation, but before the foundation. And before the foundation of the world, according to 1 Peter 1, before the foundation of the world, it was already set up for Jesus' life, his birth, his life. His death, His resurrection and ascension to be accomplished before the foundation of the world. Before Adam and Eve. It was already established. It was already set up. So, I can't tell you today to totally understand that. I just know what the Word says. And if there's ever been a day in the history of the world where people have to be, they have to they they have to be one with the Word of God, like never before. You cannot exist and make it and overcome in life without the revelation of God's word. It just it just doesn't work. It's impossible. It 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 can't happen. Literally, it cannot happen where where people overcome in situations in life. I will tell you that the, the the, the issues in life, the stresses in life, the temptations that there are in life are, are just overwhelming. I mean, things are just getting deeper and stronger, and the Bible said it would. The Bible said in Isaiah that, it, that, that in the last days, that darkness would cover the earth and deep darkness the people. And then the Scripture says, but the Lord. But the light darkness will be on the earth and deep darkness the people but the Lord see so the way darkness gets removed is the Lord the light of his word the entrance of his word brings light and life and illumination and so today we're going to talk about the importance of the blood of Jesus day to day thank God that the blood of Jesus has saved us. But the Scripture is very, very clear that there is power in the blood day to day. There is power in the blood to be applied in every day-to-day situation. I'm talking about 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every thought, every circumstance, and every situation situation. The blood of Jesus is available for you and I to overcome. Amen? Amen? Now, what I'm tying together today, and I want to bring a little bit of explanation on this, I'm tying together with that um, is also understanding what sin is. You know, to some people that's a scary word, you know, or it's a threatening word. Well, you know, if if I have sin in my life, then I'm bad. Well, people that think that don't understand what sin is. And so, I want to start this morning with 1 John chapter 1 and just verse 7. I want to read this verse. 1 John 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, what you're going to see, I mean, I'm giving you my definition, what I know is real to me of what sin is, and then I'm backing it up with the word. You know around here that I will never give you my opinion without word, because my opinion really doesn't matter if it's not backed up by the word, because when I give you the word, then the Holy Spirit can take the word I give you and reveal it to you so that you can understand what that means for you so you can apply it in your life day to day. If the word is working for me, if the blood of Jesus is working for me, it's one thing, but the blood of Jesus needs to work for you day to day in every situation you face. And so, today I'm going to bring a definition and then I'm going to back it up with the word of what sin is. If a person is struggling with something in their life, if they if they're struggling with some kind of lust, if they're they're struggling with, you know, with greed or things. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 I just had to have that boat. And uh, so I had the boat, and so I bought the boat, but I know I shouldn't have bought the boat, but I just had to have the boat. You know? Yeah, but that necessarily wasn't what God wanted you to do. Yeah, but I had to have the boat. But then you can't pay for the boat, and and so what you did is you lusted after a boat That really wasn't the will of God for you to have at the moment. doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to have the desires of your heart. But there's times when we think we want things, and and our flesh wants that. And if we don't know how to deal with our flesh, then what we do is we disobey what God's intention is for your life. So what sin is, is not the fact that you bought the boat. It's that you disobeyed God. That's what sin is. I'm going to say it again. The sin is the disobeying of God. It's not the act. But in humanity, what we do is we focus on the act. And when you focus on the act, then guilt and condemnation comes on you and overtakes you. And you have no ability to overcome. Absolutely no ability. Because you're not looking to the blood and actually you're running from the blood and running away from God because of the mistakes that you've made. I'm gonna say it again. Sin is simply disobedience to God. So he said here in this 1 John 1:7, he said, if we walk in the light, in the light of what? The light of his work. The Bible says that the word of God is light. And the entrance of light brings the, the entrance of his word brings light and life. And if we walk in the light as he's in the light, Then we have fellowship and connection with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, it delivers us and sets us free from disobeying God. Now, follow with me in this today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to read a couple of verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's um, let's look at verse fourteen. I'm not sure if I gave you the translation. I want the New Living Translation on in verse fourteen. Do you have that? Yeah. <clears throat> verse fourteen. Don't don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Verse 15 What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? So Go back to verse 14. So we've got all these questions that are actually, they all they actually have the same answer. Every one of these questions have the same answer if you answer it from the Word. So let's look at it again. So he said, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Now, he didn't say don't minister to unbelievers. He didn't say don't be friends with unbelievers. Notice what he said. Don't don't team up to and get in connections and and covenant relationships, not just in marriage but in in, in business and everything else, with people that don't understand what we're talking about today. They, They have no revelation of the Word. He didn't say don't be friends. You need to fellowship and be around unbelievers. You need to connect with people that don't know God because they need what you have. See, But he said don't team up. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? I'm not going to ask you what the answer I'm going to tell you what the answer to that is. It can't. How can light live with darkness? It can't. If you're in darkness and you turn a light on, the light doesn't start across the room and go halfway and go... and ask darkness, do you mind if we... If 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 we become light the rest of the way, and then darkness goes, ah, uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not letting you in over here. Well, I'm coming anyway. Well, we're going to battle. No, there's nothing like that. Nothing like that. Light being light is. You turn the light on, pff, darkness is gone. Darkness and light can't live together. They cannot live together. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? What's the answer? Absolutely none. Huh? The devil doesn't think like God. The devil's total, totally opposite in every single way. And so, where Christ is concerned, and the blood of Jesus Christ is concerned, the blood of Jesus Christ has destroyed all the works of the devil. So anything that is the devil does not connect and become one with anything of God they don't think the same they don't operate the same they're in total different directions right and actually everything that the devil does he does out of deception he has no power he has no ability he deceives people into believing that God can't do what God said he could do So the entrance of his word brings light and life and what it's doing is bringing revelation to you and I about how big and strong God really is and how before the foundation of the world he settled it all, he finished it all and everything that he did before the foundation of the world is what you and I are on the receiving end today because of what the blood of Jesus accomplished. Because of the blood of Jesus. Um. One thing about God is that in in these statements, some people view God as a forceful God. But nowhere in the scripture have, have I ever read where God ever forced himself on anybody. That's the devil and his demons. They force. They push. They bully. God is a gentleman and he's all, he'll always wait for you and I to come to the place where we want him. You draw near to God, God draws near to you. But, but, but with God, it's like, if you, if you just put your big toe out there, see, he'll run towards you. If you just act like you're going to move towards him, he'll start moving towards you. See, because of what he's already done. He's already liberated us and redeemed us. So day to day, We have the battle in our soul that is raging in our soul. See, not for our spirit, but in our soul it's raging. And the battle that is raging can only be overcome by the power that the blood gives us when we exercise and declare and decree what God says is so. Because actually it's like this. When you boil it all down, it's this way. You ever seen the bumper stickers that said, they they say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it? That's a lie. God said it, and that's it. Amen? Whatever God said is so, whether you believe it or not. But I like that bumper sticker because I want to believe that's me. God said it, I believe it, and it settles it. See? And and that's the person I am and that I'm becoming more and greater every day of my life because of the entrance of his word. I've become convinced over 40 years of salvation that I cannot live a day throughout the day without without the entrance of his word going in my eyes, in my ears, coming out of my mouth and my declaration talking about and declaring how great God is and what God has done. See? And the enemy's busy trying to convince people that God can't do what he said he could do. I'm telling you today, not only can he do it, he's already done it. Now you and I are in a position to receive all that God has. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. There's a... um, there's What God wants is for us to be like him. And one of the great words, it's not the only word, actually you can't, there's not enough words in the human language to to describe the greatness of God, but one of the words that God is, is He's holy. And the Bible says, God said, be holy as I am holy. And so, I, I was looking at this verse, I was tying some things together as I was studying the, the, this, the scripture for this message as I was looking through scripture, I came across this in Hebrews 7. Hebrews chapter 7 and, um, and verse 26. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sin, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. That's that's who our high priest is. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. So, when, when Jesus offered Himself, what He did was He accomplished something that the other high Priest could not, and so who He is today is He's the faithful high priest that's been tempted at all points, yet without sin, and He's able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. So where He was tempted... He was tempted and He overcame and and didn't fail so that when you and I are tempted, the blood of Jesus will speak out on our behalf. The blood of Jesus is there. We can declare that because of what the blood of Jesus has accomplished, where Jesus was tempted and didn't sin, when I'm tempted, I don't have to sin. When I'm tempted, I don't have to give in. Why? Because of what the blood accomplished. See, a lot of times people think, well, you know what? I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna sin today, so I I might as well kick the dog before I get out of the house. You know? I might as well be ugly to my wife because I'm gonna screw up today anyway, so I might as well just be ugly. See, that's a lie. That's the devil lying to people. If 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 he said be holy and separated, as he is holy and separated, we can be holy and separated to do his will on a day-to-day basis like like never been done before. See, when 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 I, when I can do and be holy and I can be separated and focused on what God wants me to do and know that when I'm tempted and when I step into a situation and and I feel like in the natural I can't do that, then I can when, when I'm when I'm weak he becomes strong, I draw from His strength, and then I'm able to overcome and accomplish what I couldn't in the natural. See, that's the lifestyle that you and I have to live day to day. You don't have to be overcome by sin. You don't have to give in to disobeying God even when your flesh is screaming out. Now, I'm going to back this up, and I'm going to say this, and then we're going to look at a couple of the scriptures. What I've become convinced of is that where real victory comes from in overcoming disobedience and sin, where real victory comes from, is me coming to the place that I don't want to do it. And you know what I had to do? I had to get to a place where I admitted to God, you know what, God? I did that because I wanted to. I acted that way because I don't like them. I did this certain thing or that certain thing because I don't like what they've done to me. This person hurt me, and so I choose. Lord, I want to do that. And you know what God said? You know what God has said to me when I've said that to Him? Thank you. God said that to you? Yeah. He said thank you for being honest. Thank you for telling me what you couldn't do. Because every time that I've admitted to God what I couldn't do in the natural, all of a sudden, I am so aware of the power of the blood. I'm so aware of what I can't do in myself, I can do in Him. I'm so aware that what I was attempting to do and trying to do and trying to accomplish, trying never gets it done. You will always fail when you try. Well, I tried to be nice to that person. Well, you know what? Through the power of the blood, you can just be nice. You can just make the decision. And what did, what did we read in 1 John 1, 7? That when we don't do it, we can repent, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us like it's never been done before, and now I can go and be nice. Or whatever the situation is. Did you, did you hear what I said? So, so I miss it, and instead of be- getting beat up myself in my head, you know, I'm no good, well, I tried it, see, it doesn't really work. You know, it works. But when you miss it, it's not over. Because when you miss it, the one who is the propitiation for your sins, the stand-in for the mistakes that you made, he, w- he felt the way you felt when you screwed up, when you said the wrong thing. He already felt that. He was tempted at all points, yet without sin, never missing it, so that when I'm tempted to miss it and be ugly, I can draw from him. And when I don't, I can, I can fall back on what he did and then go and sin no more. You see, I was going to say something, but then I'm getting ahead of myself. Watch this. Um, look at Romans 6. And this defines it right here. I, 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 when, when I first got born again, some of the, some of the people that I, that I got connected with were, were, they, were, they were engulfed in Romans 6 and 7. Talking about the grace of God and what the grace of God would do. And so when I say things like I'm saying right now, you have to come behind it and let the word settle even questions that you might have in your head and notice what it says here what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound well, it's like those other questions up here on, on the board earlier so what, what's the question to that shall what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound what's the answer to that absolutely not because he he answers it Certainly not, verse, uh, uh, verse 2, the first part of verse 2. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Now look at verse 10. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. Who's he talking about when he said all? He's talking about you, right? We're part of the all. So the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also, me also what? What he just said. Verse 10 again. Go back and look at verse 10. So, me also this, the death that that I di- that I he died, he died to sin once for me, and the life he lives, he lives to God. So now... I died the death daily that He died, see, not all that He took upon Himself, but what He empowered me to overcome. So I die, and I live every single day. I die to myself, to my flesh, and the control that my flesh has over me, but not in the power of my own ability, but in the power of what He accomplished. Now look, at verse, look at the next verse. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves or consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did he say you were dead to sin? No. He didn't say you were. He said reckon yourself dead. What does reckon mean? Well, I reckon. No. Reckon is to consider that by faith in God because He died to sin, then I consider myself dead. But listen. You can consider yourself dead and have victory all day long one day and wake up the next day and give in to that thing. And what'll happen? You're not reckoning. You're not considering. You're not standing in faith what, and, and focused on what he accomplished. See? That's where the power is. Now watch watch the rest of these next two verses. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse fourteen, for sin shall not have dominion over you. How, how do you do what he said in twelve and thirteen? First and foremost, by making declarations like verse fourteen. Now, I want put verse fourteen up there for me. Um, so, that first line where the, that ends with the comma, and instead of you, you're going to say me, we're going we're to confess that together. And the confession is, for sin shall not have dominion over me. Okay? We're going to all confess that three times together. Ready? Confess. For sin shall not have dominion over me. For sin shall not have dominion over me for sin shall not have dominion over me. That's where it starts. You say, well, well, how do you overcome? By declaring what the Word says is so. And the Word said that sin shall not have dominion over me if I consider myself dead to sin. Every time that a temptation I don't care if it's a lust. I don't care what it is that arises in your... If you consider that flesh dead, have you ever seen, have you ever been to a funeral where the guy wasn't raised from the dead? Um, Have you ever been to a funeral where the dead man was arguing about anything? Where he was considering anything? Where he was debating? He was struggling? No, the dead body was laying there lifeless not moved by anything and he said consider yourself he didn't say you are don't start thinking about dying I'm saying consider yourself like that dead corpse you will not be moved by anything because of the power of the blood of Jesus sin which is what disobeying God Disobeying God shall not have dominion over my life. So what does that mean? If you're not disobeying God, then what are you doing? I'm obeying God. Obedience is ruling in my life today. You will not hurt yourself by making those type of confessions over yourself every day, multiple times a day, so that you hear yourself saying, I am a person that walks in obedience. So the next time that the person at work that's irritated you to no end Where you have given in and let what they've done affect the way you react, you're choosing every. You're going to choose every day. I am that. That is not obedience to God. I'm letting my flesh give in to this situation. And today I declare that disobeying God will not have dominion over my life. I will obey and I will do the love of God. I will walk that way. Listen, what other people do to you, you have no control over. What you do as a result of what they do is what you have control over. And the blood of Jesus has already empowered you to make the right choices. So we don't have to. You, you know, some people think, you know what, by noon every day you, you're going to sin. At least. I, I mean, I've heard people say things similar to this, that you'll sin a dozen times every single day. No, he said, sin will not have dominion over you. So in other words, you're you're going to disobey God a dozen times every day. When you disobey what the will of God is, that's a choice. So you're choosing every day to be ugly to people and do something to someone else? You're choosing that every day because I'm just going to do that. That's not understanding the way God set you up. He created us as people of choice. Now, where we don't make right choices so much of the time is because we have no understanding and Revelation in how to make the choices. What I'm telling you today is you have the ability to do right every single time and to just settle it with all of us. When you don't, you can confess your sins and He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In the moment, so that it does What? Romans 6, 1 and 2. So then, because that, he does that, then we'll just live continually in sin? Absolutely not. It empowers me to go do right. Listen, when you start doing right, you want to do right. I'm going to say it again. When you, when you start doing right, you go, wow, look at the results of doing right. I want to do right. It draws you to that place. People say, no, nah, you know, you gotta, we, we need to condemn people for sin. no. No, that's what the devil does. And a lot of people that focus on sin, what they're focusing on is not the sin, but the act of it. So we've got to hammer this guy over adultery. So you're going to, instead of bringing the word to this person and love and understanding, you're going to hammer him about adultery and that's going to liberate his life. Absolutely not. It's the entrance of the word that brings life. You see, the Word and the encouragement and helping people. You know, somebody said to me a while back, you know, they, they, they were making this, this statement about what they see in the world, and they see some Christians that are involved in like, um, in, you know, like in Hollywood. They see some Christians and some of the things that the people in Hollywood are doing that claim to be Christians you know, they say, well, you know, they can't be Christians if they do those things. But, and in, in, in this is just my, this is my opinion, but basing what other people do through social media or media or, you know, three different confessions down, you know, uh, uh, or testimonials down from what other people are saying, to believe that about someone else, you don't know what's really going on. You see, God's not so concerned about our acts as he is about the the heart changing and getting revelation like this that we don't have to do the wrong things. And when you get that inside of you that you don't have to do wrong, I promise you it will breed not doing wrong. When you get that inside of you, that you are liberated and free to go do right. Think about somebody that has irritated you all your life. Think about that. And you know what? A lot of times, those are family members. Think about family member that has irritated you all your life. And God comes to talk to you if you let Him. And He begins to say, you know, I haven't been real happy with the way you've talked about them to other people. I don't like your responses. I don't like the fact that you, you don't invite them to family reunions. And, those kind of things, because you don't want to be around them and, and or family reunions that they come to you, you just all of a sudden you lie and you tell them that you can't make it because something came up and you just made something come up. You know, those kind of things. And you know what? God if you if you'll allow God to be honest with you, He'll tell you things like that. But he's not telling you things like that like, like he's riding your ticket to hell. Okay, let's see. Now you're listening to me, and now I'm going to tell you what I'm really going to do with you. No, the blood of Jesus has already liberated you. You understand? But what matters is day to day, what are you doing today? You don't want to be born again with with your destiny being to heaven, okay, your destination to heaven, and live in hell on earth. Because when you've got unforgiveness in your heart and you've got things inside of you that are not right like that and you're not allowing those things to be worked out, it's like living in hell on earth when the blood of Jesus has liberated us and empowered us to be free. But you have to get into and be a part of the process so that the process will work for you. But it will not work for you if you just overlook things and ignore things and not honest with your own heart. Can you say amen to that? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to end with this verse of scripture that has been a <clears throat> it's been a very popular verse and actually I think you've heard me say this before, but I really believe it's been quoted incorrectly. Actually, some of the words that people have interjected here, I can't find in any translation. And it's First Corinthians, Chapter Ten and Verse Um, Thirteen. I had another thought. I got to I got to tie this together and then I'm going to read this verse. Um <clears throat> just don't forget this thought, okay? Don't th- this is very very important. Don't forget this. When 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 we when we see Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, right in the beginning of the garden. He's got several of his, of his disciples with him and they're going in there to pray and he said, he said uh, stay here and pray and I'm going over there and uh, I've been in that garden a couple of times and they, you know, some places they kind of speculate but in the, in, where the garden is just below the Mount of Olives where the garden is now where the garden is today um, they, they pretty much know where he would have been, where his disciples would have been in that garden, and where he went to. And <clears throat> when I was there this year, I was there in April, and I, it just overwhelmed me, this thought. And, and I, I've said this, I've mentioned this a number of different times, but when he was there, this was his statement. If there be any other way, Let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. That's what Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed that to the Father. So what he prayed was, he was going before the Father, admitting that his will was not the Father's will. God, I'm struggling. I I want to, I would really, probably, we don't get the wording here, but you can imagine, he was all man- Human being like you and I, and he's in the garden and he's thinking, God, there's got to be another way. Can we call legions of angels, just wipe them away? Let's just start over. Let's try this man thing again. Let's start out, and 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 uh, may, maybe they won't eat the fruit in the garden the next time or something, you know. So the, the, we, won't, we won't have. To. He 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 went through all of this to this place and to this point. Learning. Remember, Jesus was not Jesus on the earth. Did not operate omnipotent. He was not. He he was not omnipresent. He didn't think everything. He had to ask questions. He had to learn like you and I. He had to become like us. You see, he wasn't the Omni that he was when he left heaven. He came to the earth, to the poverty of the earth to become like you and I where he had to ask questions and deal with issues that came and here he is in the garden and he's going I don't know if I can do this. And he said but not my will but yours be accomplished. And when he said that the ultimate temptation of life he overcame that so that there's nothing that you and I are tempted with that we can't overcome. And then on the cross, it got deeper in him. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How many people you come across on a day-to-day basis where you think they know exactly what they're doing? Piece of work. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly. They may know the actions that they're walking out, but they don't know the ramifications and the effects. They don't really know what they're doing. My great friend Ian Britza from Australia is here today. So so good to have him with us. And he, uh, he he was in the ministry for a lot of years. And some things happened in his life, and a lot of the church turned their back on him. A lot of the body of Christ turned their back on him. That's when we met him. And uh, we gave him our back. Amen? And we, we, we helped him and we were part of his back and we backed him and, 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 and helped him to a, to a new place in his life or just a support, you know. We were just there for him. We listened to him and accepted him and through the things that he was walking through. And uh, he went back to Australia. And instead of going back into the ministry, he went into <laughs> the political realm. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, you're going from one lion's den to the next. Amen? And, uh, <clears throat> but he went into the political realm. And I can't tell you the stories that he's told me of things that people have done to him. And, and I always hear from him. Anytime I hear him, he's, I, I, I'll always ask the question, so what would you do? And I'm not asking the question to see if he's going to answer like Jesus, because I can feel like fire coming up from the back of my neck, like I want to you know, can, can we find out who these people are and, and let, let's go get them. You know, that kind of thing. But I always hear from him, no, you know what? God will win out in this. And, and, and he's, he's won two elections, and this last election, um, he wasn't, He, he the, the, they didn't vote him in this, this last election. But God's Got him in the political realm in Australia, and he's done amazing things. And I believe one of the reasons is is because he's developed his heart towards people. And listen, if you're only going to be good to people because they're good to you, I mean, get out of the people business. Amen. You know, go live in Montana on, in, in a cabin on the on the water somewhere. Because I promise you, people are going to come after you. Amen. But, but there is this man is a, an amazing example in my life of the way that, that he has dealt with a lot that has come against him. And in our lives, we can do that because of what the Master did on the cross. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they did. That's, that's a revelation for some of you today that you've got to get a hold of. That when people are doing you wrong, they really don't know what they're doing. And that's what he got. That's the revelation. So it gets this stuff off of us so we don't hold all this unforgiveness and this bitterness and all these things in our life towards people. We're free through the blood of Jesus to overcome. Listen, if you're overcoming, you're bringing people along with you to overcome. Did you hear me? You're not overcoming for yourself. You're overcoming so that you can be there for others the same way that Jesus did. He did it for you and I. Now we're doing it to overcome it within ourselves, but to help other people overcome. Because you will not talk about overcoming to other people when you're being defeated day to day. This is a day to day thing with the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? Verse 13, and I'll end with this <clears throat> No temptation has overcome you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. Now listen, what he didn't say here is, is this. He didn't say this. He didn't say that he wouldn't allow more, to, more stuff to come on you than what you're able to handle. What he's talking about is temptation. Temptation. If Jesus was tempted and tested at all points, then there is nothing that you are tempted and tested with that you are not already able to overcome. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And actually, as I was reading this verse in in the last week or so, this is what the Lord said. He said, But with the temptation, the last part of this 13th verse, But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it or to overcome it. What's the way of escape? The blood. The blood is the way of escape. He didn't say he's not going to allow more difficult things to come on your life. He talked about temptation. There is no greater difficulty in life than temptations. I don't care what it is across the board, what you're tempted with in any way, shape, or form. There's not anything in the form of temptation that comes your way that you don't have the ability to overcome because of the blood of Jesus. It is the way of escape from whatever I face. And where does that blood begin to work on my behalf? when I begin to declare disobedience to God will not have dominion over me. I am an obedient man of God. I'm a child of God. I'm his favorite child. He loves me like we were singing today. Oh, how God loves me. Oh, how he loves me. He loves me so much that he's empowered me that I don't have to B, the same guy I was yesterday, last week, last year, ten years ago. Every day in God is a new day. And I am a new creation in Christ Jesus every single day. Most of us know what, what I'm going to end this with and what I'm saying right here. Most of us know this, but we have to be reminded of it. If you've accepted Jesus in your life today, then you're born again. And the moment you become born again, for the rest of your life on planet Earth, now your soul has to be saved. Your soul has to be washed clean every day. And the only thing that will wash your soul clean and empower you to overcome is the revelation of the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, On this rock I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And it's the rock of the revelation of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished. And what he accomplished through his blood has empowered me to never have to give in to any temptation in life, no matter what it is. And everything in God is progressive. You will not just one day, you know... Somebody may pray for you and you're healed or something's changed in your life, but you've got to have revelation to live it and walk it out. Or things come back because the devil never stops. He will never stop till he's put in the pit. Until he's put in the pit at the end, he will never, ever stop convincing you that God's word is really not true and he really can't do what he said he can do. But every day, you and I are reminding ourselves that we are obedient children, we're obeying the voice of God, disobedience has no power over us, and the blood of Jesus has cleansed us and empowered us to overcome anything, any type of temptation that we ever face and ever will face. So I tell you what, folks, when you're connected to Jesus, it's a win-win. Amen? You can't lose. It's not three strikes and you're out. Hmm. I, 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 get, I get to bat till I hit it. I get to stay in the game until I get it right praise God praise God can you say amen